Tonight I'm going to talk to you about a special place in God. This is the title of our lesson that we have. And if you don't have a copy yet, raise your hand, keep it up, they'll give you one. And uh, here's some people in here, brethren, that don't have a handout right in here. Praise God, praise God. And I am going to uh, talk to you from my heart here tonight a little bit about something that God has been talking to me about for us. I'm going to make this a much bigger here. This is what you're being given right now. And it's, the lesson is entitled, A Special Place in God. And uh, I know that all of us uh, have our walk with God. We serve the Lord and uh, live for him. But there is a deeper walk in God for each and every one of us, for all of us. And I want to encourage all of you that are here tonight in this class to seek to walk a deeper life in God because there's so many advantages and so many blessings and so many good things that will come out of a consecrated life. We can all just be an average Christian or even an average Pentecostal. We can just uh, go through the motions and just go through the routines. But sometimes we decide that it's time to dig a little deeper and go a little further and really touch the hem of his garment and to try to touch God and reach a place in God that God can talk to our hearts and lead us and guide us and direct us. And God has a desire to do that. Now, our lesson here is entitled A Special Place in God. And the number, oh, number one here, if you look number one with us, a place by me. And I'm going to have a start, if you would, to begin with at Exodus 33, 21. Exodus 33, 21. And uh, this is simply a statement that was made. <clears throat> the Lord said to Moses, and I'm reading this 21st verse, 33, 21. And the Lord said, Behold, there is a place by me, and thou shalt stand upon the rock. There is a place by me. And that's unusual because we think of God as being way up there and God separated from us. But the Lord said to Moses, there is a place by me. And I want you to know here today that there is a place by God for each and every one of us. You can draw close to God. We can be closer to him. We can be in touch with the Lord. And there are many advantages and many benefits that go with having that special touch from God and being in that special place with God. Praise the Lord. And uh, I want to talk to you about it here tonight because I feel like that God would have us to draw nigh unto him. And he has promised, if you draw nigh unto me, I will draw nigh unto you. Now, also, if you look in the second verse that I, the second verse that I have there on number one, and that is in Psalms 91. Uh, Psalms 91 is a very interesting chapter. And I might just say this, anytime you ever get discouraged, read Psalms 91. 
It's all about those who walk with God and serve the Lord. And it starts out in that first verse in this fashion. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High. Now, he said, there's a place by me. Now, here in Psalms 91, uh, it's referred to as the secret place. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. So here's two verses here in the scriptures that lets us know that God has a special place. We can call it a place by God. We can call it a secret place. But it's a place that God has for those who want to get close to him. Praise the Lord. And then he goes on here in this 91st chapter. We'll talk about that further on as we go along. If you look at, jumped over to verse 15 in 91 very quickly. The 15th verse this is talking about he that dwelleth in the secret place. We're going to verse 15 now in Psalms 91. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with, I will be with him in trouble. This is the Lord talking about this person who is in the secret place with him. And the Lord says, he, that is you or I, shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. So here are scriptures that give us proof here that God is with us. He'll be with us. All we have to do is call on him. And we have to be someone who is in that special place in God where that God knows us and we know the Lord. Praise the Lord. We know him. Uh, he told Moses in one place, he says, I know you by name. I know you by name. And uh, which means I know you very closely. I'm, I know who you are. I'm very familiar with you. In other words, it's not just knowing. God knows all things. But it's letting Moses know that he was very special to God. And any one of us can be very special to God <clears throat> by, buying by drawing very close to him. <clears throat> to know God better in all the things that we do. And say also in Psalms 32, 7. I'm just showing you here how that this is mentioned in the scripture more than one time. And this is Psalms 32, seven. Thou art my hiding place. Thou shalt preserve me from trouble. Notice that thou art my hiding place talking about God. And the Psalmist says, God, you are my hiding place. You are my, you're that place by you. Uh, you are that secret place, whatever we want to call it. Here he says, thou art my hiding place. Thou shalt preserve me from trouble. Thou shalt compass me about with songs of deliverance, Selah. Verse 8, I will instruct thee, I will instruct, this is the Lord talking back to the person who says that to God. This is return back from God. I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way which thou shalt go. I will guide thee with mine eyes. So I'm just pointing out to you here that God has this very special place. Here are three verses of scripture here that tells us that. That God has a place for us. And any one of us can draw close to God or closer to God than what we are. And we can have a, a, a fellowship and a relationship with God, praise the Lord, that we've never had before. Uh, it's easy just to get saved and say, I go to church and I worship in church and I pray a little bit and so forth, but when you really want to get close to God, 
and draw near unto him. I want you to know God responds to that. And God wants us to do that. And he wants us to be that way. Praise the Lord. Uh, I, uh, I believe God is wanting to do miracles. I, do, I believe that with all my heart. I believe in these last days, God's wanting to do some things. I think he wants to shake things up a little bit. Uh, I'm glad to see this church and our pastor leading us in that direction to do what we're doing in this outreach. That's wonderful. I just want to let you know that you and I as individuals, we have to do our part by drawing closer to God and getting close to the Lord and letting God use his people for his glory, for his cause, for his purpose, and for the things that he'd have us to do. Praise the Lord. So uh, God would have us to get into that place of a special place with the Lord. Now, I'm going to go also, if you look at A here, I'm going to go to the story of Mary and Martha in Luke 10. Look at this very closely with me. This is Luke 10. And most of you know the story here, but I'm going to elaborate on it a little bit here. This is verse 38 in, in Luke chapter 10. It says, now it came to pass as they went that he entered into a certain village. This is Jesus and his disciples. That he entered into a certain village and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was cumbered about much serving and came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister has hath left me to serve alone? Bid her, therefore, that she help me. Now, this has all the appearance of being a very logical request on Martha's part. And what Martha was doing, there was nothing wrong with it. Everything she was doing was needful. Everything she was doing was what you would do if you had guests in your home. Everything she was doing was what many of us are very mindful of, of, of that. You know, we are conscious of all the things that have to, have to be done in a home, all the chores, all the things that have to be taken care of. Every uh, wife does, every husband knows that. Children grow up understanding that the certain things in the household we have to take care of, look after, do and so forth. There's nothing wrong with that. But here's what the Lord said whenever Martha was very concerned about Mary just sitting at the feet of Jesus and listening to what he had to say. This is verse 41. Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful, careful, notice that. In other words, you're very particular. You're careful and troubled about many things. But one thing is needful. Now everybody stay with me on this. One thing is needful, and Mary hath chosen that good part which shall not be taken away from her. Now, in this church, we have many people that have many duties and jobs. And thank God, we have many ministries in this church. And, uh, and people are involved in this one thing or the other. I won't name them. You know what I'm talking about. Everything from the uh, greeters to the ushers to the musicians to the singers, the choir, uh, the Sunday school teacher goes on and on. All the people involved, uh, all of these kind of things. And because of that, because of that, we can get so wrapped up 
with our duties in the church that we fail to take the time to worship in church when, we ha- when that's our opportunity or our time to be simply there to worship the Lord. Uh, I know our ushers, are, they're mindful of a lot of things, but there comes a time when you just have to worship God. And you just can't say, oh, well, when I get a little time, I'm going to sit down and listen to what the preacher says, or I'm just going to be there. And as soon as he's through, I'm out and I got to go take care of things. I got to go here, go there, go there. There's times when we have to just sit at the feet of Jesus. Now, I'm very serious about this. Sometimes the best people who are workers in the church and the best people who are helping everything to flow smoothly, thank God for that too, helping everything to flow smoothly. Sometimes the ones who are involved in that, sometimes the most forget that there's a time that you have to sit at the feet of Jesus. And you have to just say, I'm going to go to church today or I'm going to go to church this hour or whenever it's your time to say, I'm going to be in the house of God to worship my time just and go, and go to the house of God and do nothing but praise and worship the Lord. Not looking around, not seeing what you normally would take observation of, but saying, I'm here just to worship God, to sit at the feet of Jesus, to honor him and to praise him. And I'm just telling you here today that that you can, we can never take it away, folks. And Jesus said that was the needful part. That was the needful part. Praise the Lord. I thank God for everything we have here. Our seats, our pews, our air condition, a beautiful building, a lot of work, a lot of labor, a lot of our finances, money has gone in for us to have these things. Thank God for all of that. But I'm going to tell you the most important thing with God is our worship. I'm serious, it is. Praise the Lord. The most important thing is our worship. And if we will worship the Lord and if we will lift our hands to the Lord and not just go through the motions of it, but say, Jesus, I want you to know that I love you. I am so glad I'm here. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. Thank you, Lord, for delivering me out of the world. Thank you, Lord, for everything you've given me, my job, my home, my family. My automobile I drive, the clothes on my back, the shoes on my feet. I mean, you could spend a half an hour just talking about the things that God has given you or me. You know, we can do that. And we should do that. We should do it. And not just do it on a once in a great while time occasion, but to do it often, praise the Lord, and tell the Lord we love him, we praise him, we worship him, we glorify and magnify his wonderful name. Praise the Lord. And also remind, just, just to say it, I'll remind you of this, that we should tell the Lord, God, you're the great creator, and we know you are. Hallelujah. Amen. He's the creator. Amen. When we say he's the mighty God, he's the creator. When we say he's the heavenly father, that means he gave life to everything. Praise the Lord, heavenly father. But he's also our friend. Hallelujah. And I'll talk to you more about that in a few moments. But Mary and Martha, praise the Lord, were two. And the Lord says, I know that what Martha is doing is important. And I know what she's doing. We have to have it done. But don't forget the other part to sit at the feet of Jesus and to take it all in, his words, what he is saying. And let it saturate your soul and let it bless your spirit. And let it cleanse you on the inside and help you, praise the Lord, to deal with all the factions that's out here in the world. 
but we need that time that we sit at the feet of Jesus. Praise the Lord. And we need to do it as often as we possibly can. Praise the Lord. So in your busy schedules, in your busy lives that you live, can I just encourage you to work in that place and that time, amen, that you might be able to say, Jesus, I'm taking this time just to be with you. And also have a devotion time at home. You can't have it all in church. Have a time of devotion at home. Have a place that you pray. Have a place that you pray. Have a time and a place that you spend with the Lord. And sometimes, folks, just talk to the Lord. You don't have to pray heavy. The Bible says the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. But it doesn't always have to be calling fire down from heaven. It doesn't always have to be. Sometimes you can just sit and talk to God. But just fellowship with the Lord and say, God, if there's anything in my life that I need to know about, that I need to improve, correct, make straighten out, if I'm doing anything, saying anything, anything at all, just talk to me. Deal with me, Lord. Uh, don't, be, don't be shy. Just talk to me, Lord. And God, and be a friend of the Lord, and God will be a friend to us. Praise the Lord. Amen. Now, I'm going to go to the next part, B there. I want you to look at this with me for a moment. And this is Joshua's an example. Uh, I want you to go to Exodus chapter 33 and 7. Exodus 33 and 7. Uh, Joshua is an interesting person because he was the person that took Moses' place. Took Moses' place. And the way that it happened did not come about by Moses saying, any, many, many, mo. Oh, let's see, I think I'll take you, Joshua. I think you're going to be the man. No, he didn't do that. Let's see, one, two, three, four, all of you. You're all good guys. Uh, but I'm going to flip a coin. Yeah, you, you get to be the man, Joshua. You're the man, take my place. Whenever I'm going to go up to the mountain and I'm going to uh, die and be caught away to the, with the Lord. I'm going to, I, uh, I'm going to leave it all in your hands, Joshua. That didn't come about like that. But I'm going to back it way up to when Joshua was a young man. When he was a young man. I'm talking about many years, something like 30 years before. And I'm reading here in Exodus chapter 33 and verse 7. And Moses took the tabernacle. This is when God was giving him the tabernacle plan and was saying to him, now this is how I want the tabernacle built. And he had the tabernacle put up outside of the camp of the children of Israel, away from them. This is what it says in verse 7. And Moses took the tabernacle and pitched it without or outside of the camp, afar off from the camp. Notice that. Moses moved the tabernacle and everything out way away from the camp where all the children of Israel were and called it the tabernacle of the congregation. And it came, this is the beginning of that tabernacle plan. And it came to pass that everyone which sought the Lord, notice that, everyone which sought the Lord went out unto the tabernacle of the congregation, which was without the camp or outside the camp. Look at verse 8. And it came to pass that when Moses went out in unto the tabernacle that all the people rose up, this is all the people now, and stood every man at his tent door. 
This is not those who were seeking the Lord and sought after God and went out to the tabernacle. That was sort of a handful. These were all, everybody else, all the, all the Israelites. They stood in their tent door and looked after Moses or looked out where he was going, what he was doing, until he was gone into the tabernacle. So get a picture of that. They're all standing, they're all looking, they're going to watch, see what happens. Moses is going out to the tabernacle and there's a handful of people out there with him. And he went into the tabernacle. Verse nine, it came to pass as Moses entered into the tabernacle, the cloudy pillar ascended and stood at the door of the tabernacle and the Lord talked with Moses. Okay, now there's a communication going on between God and Moses here. And all the people saw the cloudy pillar stand at the tabernacle door and they thought, oh my Lord, this is God moving. This is God, this is God moving. And all the people rose up and worshiped every man in his tent door. You understand what I'm saying here? They never went any further than in their own little tent door, their house, their door, looking out. And when they saw the presence of God come down in the Shekinah glory of the Lord upon the tabernacle, they were moved and touched and stirred by that and they worshiped the Lord. But there was another group of people that was in the tabernacle. They were out there with Moses. Praise the Lord. I'll show you that. And all the people saw the cloud of pillars. They stood in their tent door. Verse 11. And the Lord spake unto Moses face to face as a man speaketh unto his friend. And he turned again into the camp. That's Moses. He turned now to go back into the tent. And all the others that were with him went with him too. That was there. But his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, departed not out of the tabernacle. Joshua said, I have felt God in a way I've never felt him. I've seen the presence of God like I've never seen it before. I'm gonna stay right here at this tabernacle. Everybody else can stay in their tents. They can stay in the tent door. They can worship and give God the praise. But I wanna get as close to God as I can. Do you get the picture here? I want to get as close to God as I possibly can because Joshua had a desire that he would, you know, wanted to uh, be God's man in God's day and God's hour and so forth. Praise God. Now, uh, if you look at Numbers 27, I'm going to move here very quickly ahead. Numbers 27. This is uh, another element here about Joshua. I'm still with Joshua here. Verse 18, and this is the next set of scriptures here. Numbers 27, 18, and 21. And the Lord said unto Moses, take thee Joshua, the son of Nun. This is years and years later now. A man in whom is the spirit. Wow. Joshua had received something powerful from God. And lay thine hands upon him and set him before Eliezer the priest before all the congregation and give him a charge in their sight. In other words, give him a responsibility that he was gonna be, have a responsibility in the sight of all the people. And thou shalt put some of thine honor upon him 
that all the congregation of the children of Israel may be obedient. And he shall stand before Eliezer the priest who shall, uh, who shall uh, ask counsel for him after the judgment of Ur- Ur- Urim before the Lord. That was a thing they had and they would ask God for God's blessings and approval on it. At his word shall they go out and at his word they shall come in, both he and all the children of Israel with him, even all the congregation. In other words, they were going to be subject from this point on unto Joshua. And then just jumping very quickly over here to the very end of the book of Deuteronomy. And I'm looking at the last chapter, chapter 34 of Deuteronomy, verse 9. One verse. And Joshua, the son of Nun, was full of the spirit of wisdom. For Moses had laid his hands upon him, and the children of Israel hearkened unto him, and did as the Lord commanded Moses. And from that point on, Moses went up on the mountain and Joshua took the leadership that Joshua that Moses had. But it all started back there when he wanted to be as close to God as he could. And when everybody was standing afar off to worship, Joshua wanted to get right in the middle of it. And I'm telling you folks, there is a place in God. There is a walk in God. There is that secret place in the Lord that we can all draw nigh unto, and God will use us, he will touch us, he will deal with us, he will bless us, he will just do all kinds of things for us, and God will bless us. Praise the Lord. Uh, Let me refer to Abraham here for a moment. I want you to go to James 2.23. James 2.23. This is in the New Testament now. And uh, praise God. James 2.23. And the scripture was fulfilled which saith. Now, I'm, what he's doing is, is quoting here uh, from other scriptures. He's quoting from other scriptures found in uh, Genesis 15.6. And uh, when he says, fulfilled which saith, Abraham believed God and it was imputed unto him for righteousness. And he was called the friend of God, the friend of God. And this statement, the friend of God, is found in Isaiah 41, 8. And I'm just also found there. I'm just pointing out to you here, this is not the only place that this statement is called, where Abraham was called the friend of God. Now, just think about that for a moment. Of all the people that lived in the time of Abraham, Abraham was called God's friend. He was God's friend. Praise the Lord. Wherever he went, God talked to him on occasions. He, didn't, he talked to him, I think, it was, I think about seven times God visited him, talked to him. But God talked with Abraham, and he was called a friend of God. What a title that is. What a title that is. I, I can just see these, uh, these, oh, these, these uh, Palestinians that lived in Palestine in those days those tribes and all those tribes of people. And uh, one of them would say, who is this guy, Abraham? Oh, that's Abraham. You don't want to mess with him. Why? Because he's a friend of God. What do you mean he's a friend of God? No, no, he knows God on a personal basis. He's very close to God and God's close to him. You don't want to cross up with him. Oh, come on, it can't be all that. Oh, I'm just telling you. There There was a king down in Southern Palestine here that, he went down to visit that king with his tribes and stuff. 
And the king said, hey, stick around for a few days and everything. And next thing you know, the king was looking at Abraham's wife. And he decided he was going to take Abraham's wife into his own harem and make her one of his. And the Lord visited him in a dream that God that Abraham's a friend of him. Abraham didn't have to say nothing. A dream, visit him in a dream and says, you better, you better get this straightened out right now or you are history. You and everything you have and all that you've got, everything, everything. Your people, your, your name, your, your, your family, everything is history. It's all over with. You're a, you're a, you're, 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 de- you're, you're a dead man. That man woke up and he went to Abraham and said, Abraham, please, please, please forgive me. Here's your wife. I haven't even touched her. She's Okay. Please go, just go. I know who you are. You are a friend of God. So this other guy's telling this other guy, he says, that happened. And so he's a friend of God. You don't want to mess with him. He said, well, wait a minute. There's more than one God. There's a God of the sun. There's a God. This is the other guy talking. This is guy number two. There's a God of the sun. There's a God of the moon. There's a God of the stars. No, no. Abraham says there's one God, only one. No, no, we know there's a God for all of these stars and all these, there's Jupiter and there's, and there's a God of the ocean. And, no, 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 no. Abraham says there's one God. Well, how does he know that? He said, because he says that if there was a God for each one of these things, they'd all do their own thing because they'd all each one to be a God. But because they all work in harmony, for the earth and the earth it rotates. Everything goes around just like it's supposed to be. Everything works in harmony together. There has to be a one God over all of that. And when Abraham was over in Ur and he told them about that, they said, well, we don't believe it like that. And the Lord called him over here and now he's over here. And I'm telling you, he is a friend to this God and you don't want to mix it. They're just like that. Abraham and God, just like that. Don't cross up with him. The guy's all right. I just thank you for letting me know about it. You know, Abraham was a called a friend of God. Folks, we can be a friend of God. I'm serious. God wants us to be His friend, and you want to be a friend of God. Praise the Lord, because to be a friend of God is to have God on your side, have God looking out for you, God's blessings upon you, and even when things there's a wrinkle in things from time to time, you know God is still there. You know everything's going to be all right. Because you and God, you, you, you're friends. You're a friend of God. He's a friend of yours. Praise the Lord. Because God works that way. And he's a great, wonderful Savior. And he's a great God to all of us. Uh, let me go a little bit further with that. If, if you'll look in the... <coughs> Jesus is a disciple. Look at John 15 for a moment. John chapter 15. Jesus' disciples... Look, look what happens here. Look at 1514. Everybody with me there? Okay. Ye are my friends. This is Jesus talking to his disciples, 12 disciples. Ye are my friends if ye do whatsoever I command you. All right. They had to walk with God. They had to believe in the Lord. They had to obey his commandments, his word. Henceforth, I call you not servants. No more. I don't call you servants now. For the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth. But I have called you friends 
for all things that I have heard of my Father, I have made known unto you. Praise the Lord. I'm letting you know what's coming down the pike. I'm letting you know what's coming in the future. In other words, I'm giving you a knowledge of the future because you believe in me. Now, folks, let me just say something here. I don't know what's going to happen in the future. I don't know. I worry about America. I worry about this world. I know it's time for the Lord to come back. I know there is things are going to get bad in the world. It's got to. It's going to, go, it's going to happen. And uh, I'm already hearing stories about things happening in our own nation that it's not going to be a good thing. And uh, I just want you to know, whatever, God will always take care of his people and he'll always let us know what's coming down the pike. Amen. He does and he will. Praise the Lord because we are friends of God and the Lord was letting those disciples know, I'm calling you friends. Notice that. The same thing that Abraham was with God, a friend of God, he said to him, you're not servants now. He said, I'm calling you friends because he lets friends know what he's about to do. Uh, that's what the Lord did with Abraham. He said, Abraham, I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do. Praise the Lord. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. He even told Abraham, your, your heirs, your family is going to go down to Egypt and be down there for, for a while. And then I'll bring them back. He even told Abraham. Abraham knew all of that. I'm just pointing out to you here, folks, that God... Praise the Lord, lets his people know in advance in the future things that he will do. You say, well, Brother Myers, that's a little bit far-fetched. I don't know if it will. No, no, no. Uh, I want you to go to another verse of scripture here. I'm referring here to some scripture to support what I've just said. Amos uh, 3.7. Amos 3.7. If you look at that. Surely the Lord God will do nothing but he revealeth his secret. Look at that. Unto his servants, the prophets. This is the Old Testament. Even in the Old Testament, the Lord said, I'm not going to do anything that I won't reveal my secrets unto the prophets. Don't you want to be on the inside with God? Don't we want to be on the inside with him? And God has put so many things in his word, and we can't always know where everything is going to. But in prayer, the Lord will take this scripture and say, this is what this scripture means for now. Praise the Lord. And he can guide us, lead us, direct us, and keep his hand on us. I know, praise the Lord, I know that he can and he will, and he will direct our paths and he will lead and guide us. So the Lord said, I'll not do anything. And so Amos said the same thing here, 3-7. Surely the Lord will do nothing, but he revealeth his secrets unto his service, the prophets. Then also in Psalms 25, I use that one as well. Psalms 25, 14. And that's this next verse here. 2514. The secret of the Lord is with them that fear him. You see that? And he will show them his covenant. Praise God. So I've, I've given you three scriptures here that the Lord lets us know that he doesn't hide anything from his people. So when we get close to God and we have that place by him, and we're in that secret place with the Lord, God will let us know what's coming down the pike. Hallelujah. Let's lift our hands and thank him right now for his love and his blessings on his people. Jesus, we love you so much, God. You are so good, so good, Lord. 
You love your people. You keep your hand upon us, God. You let us know what's right around the corner. You let us know what's ahead. Jesus, you look at us, God, and you love us, and you keep your hand on us, God. And we sometimes don't know our right hand from our left hand, but you know everything, everything, Lord, and everything is in your control. We believe in you with all of our heart and soul. We magnify the precious and the wonderful name of God. In Jesus' name we pray. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So God reveals the future, reveals the future unto his people. All right. Let me go to number two here. I'm moving on here. Praise the Lord. All right. God's promise of deliverance. God has promised that we get into trouble here, deliver us. I want you to go back to Psalms 91 with us. This is a Psalm that we read a while ago. It's 91.1, where it says, He dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High. Look in, uh, in this, in this scriptures here, 91.2 and 3. The next two verses in that 90, 91st Psalm. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge, my fortress, my God. In him will I trust. Surely he shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. I'm just trying to tell you here that God has promised that he would be a deliverer for us. Deliverer for us. That's also uh, prophesied also in, in Psalms, uh, as you see there, Psalms 27, 5, if you will go with it, to that scripture, Psalms 27, 5. Yeah, let's make sure I got the right verse here. All right. For in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He shall set me upon a rock. I'm just quoting some scripture here that the Lord has given it. And uh, the Lord has promised that he'd be with us, take his hand upon us, and he'll keep us in all of these kind of things, protecting us, looking after us, and being with us. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to go to 1 Peter 3.12. Uh, Go to 1 Peter 3.12. Praise God. I know my time's getting away from me. I've got to watch time close. 3.12. For the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous, and his ears are open unto their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against all them that do evil. And who is he that will harm you if you be followers of that which is good? But... And if ye suffer for righteous sake, happy are ye, and be not afraid of their terror, neither be troubled. In other words, if things do come your way, don't worry about it. God's got his hand on everything. He's promised that he would take care of us. He will look after us. And he's promised that he will never leave us nor forsake us. Praise the Lord. For God is a promiser that keeps his promises in everything. Praise God. Hallelujah. He will keep us from fear. Keep us from fear. Look at, go back to 91, Psalms 91, and uh, I'm in 5 and 6 here. 91, 5 and 6. Everybody say, praise the Lord. Praise Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flieth by day, nor for the pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor in the destruction that wasteth at noonday. 
He said, don't be afraid of all these things. He's telling us that he that dwelleth in the secret place. I go back to that first verse in 91. He that dwelleth in the secret place. Don't be afraid of all these things that may come our way. Folks, there's all kinds of things that can happen. All kinds of things that can come. It could be daytime. It could be nighttime. It could be this or that, everything. And the Lord is saying, don't be fearful. Just be close to me. Praise the Lord. And my hand is on everything. God will never leave us nor forsake us. His hand is upon us and he'll protect us. And he doesn't want us to be fearful. Praise the Lord. And this is why that scripture is given to us that we just read to you in 1 Peter. That we should not be afraid. Uh, that God would keep his hand on us and protect us and be with us. Let me read that. 1 Peter 3 and 12. 1 Peter 3 and 12. That's uh, right here. <clears throat> For the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous and his ears are open unto their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against them that do evil. And who is he that will harm you if you be followers of that which is good? But, and if you suffer, I just read that, didn't I? Yeah, so anyhow, this is the scripture that's there in 1 Peter that the Lord's letting us know that we are to be very mindful of him. If you'll turn, if our, uh, it's not on your scriptures here, but if you show this scripture on the head, 2 Timothy 1, 7. 2 Timothy 1, 7. This is, uh, I think I'm right. It's 2 Timothy 1, 7. If you give us that verse of scripture here, it says here that uh, God has not given us the spirit of fear. For God has not given us the spirit of fear. Notice that. The spirit of, the Holy Ghost is not a spirit of fear. God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Praise the Lord. Power, love, and of a sound mind, but not a spirit of fear. So I'm telling all of us here today, folks, let's not be afraid. Get close to God, and God will give us something to hold on to that we will not be fearful of the things that may come our way that God has established. Praise the Lord. Uh, look at John 14, 7. John 14, 7. This is where the Lord talked to his disciples, and uh, we referred to some of this earlier. This is, uh, this is 14, 27. I'm moving down here. John 14, 27 right here. All right. Peace I leave with you, my peace. Notice that, my peace. Jesus telling his disciples this. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you. Not as the world give it, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Everybody see that? So God is telling us these things. I'm going to verse chapter 16. If you look at chapter 16 and verse 33. That's the next verse, very next verse uh, in your outline there. These things I have spoken unto you that in me ye might have peace. Notice that it's all in the Lord. In the world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. So all things and all of our hopes are in the Lord, and God will always take care of us, and he'll have his hand on us, he'll look after us. Going to chapter 20 of St. John. Chapter 20 is the next set of verses of scriptures. <coughs> Excuse me. And uh, verse 19. 
Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled, this is after the resurrection now, came Jesus and stood in the midst of, and said unto them, how are you fellows doing? Is that what he said? How's everything going? Greetings. Is that what he said? No, no. He said, peace be unto you. Because the Lord knew that they needed to hear from him and they needed to have his peace. God knew that. And he knows that of us. He knows when we need to have that peace. Praise the Lord. And the Lord said to them, peace. And then I'm going over here, going to the next verse here in 21. Then said Jesus to them, again, peace be unto you. As my father hath sent me, even so send I you. Peace. In other words, above everything else, I want you to have peace. And uh, he's letting them know. Down, down in verse 26, and after eight days again, his disciples were within and Thomas with them. Then came Jesus, the door being shut, and stood in the midst and said, peace be unto you. Again, that's the, that was the words that he gave them. Peace be unto you. Peace. So I'm just trying to tell you here that the Lord gives us peace. It comes from God and it does, doesn't come from anyone else. Praise the Lord. Now, I'm going to finish up with number four here. Number four. And I want you to go to Psalms 91 once again. Psalms 91. And I'm going this time to verse 11. I'm telling you this Psalms 91 is a powerful chapter in the Bible. Psalms 91. It says, for he shall give his angels charge over thee. He's talking about all the things it may look like it's bad. It's going to be this way and that way. And uh, he says in verse 10, That shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh uh, thy dwelling. This is verse 10. And verse 11, For he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. Now, let me just say this. And I, I don't want to sound uh, shallow, I'm not shallow with it. But every time I get out on the road, this is me now. I say, God, let your angels be encamped round about me. Don't let me hit anyone. Don't let me hurt anyone. Don't let anyone hit me. Don't let, me, don't let anyone hurt me. Let your angels be encamped round about me. Now, if you think that's shallow, be, that all, be it, but I pray that all the time on a regular basis. And, and, I'm, and I've been doing it for years. And, and, and I could have an accident, I know that, tomorrow. I could go out tomorrow, you say, well, it didn't work, I guess, with the bishop, you know. If, whatever, but I'm just saying that this is something that I, that I do pray about. And the Bible says here, for he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. Because I believe that God has placed angels around his people. I know that. I'm going to give you some couple of scriptures here for it. Uh, look in Psalms 34, 7. Psalms 34, 7. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. The angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him and delivereth them. Well, we've got two scriptures there, haven't we? There's two. One in Psalms 91 and one in Psalms 34. Seven. 
that the angel of the Lord encampeth round about. That means that they, they stay there. They're there. I uh, remember hearing Brother DeMerchant tell that story about him being down in South America. You know, he flew up down that Amazon for years. He's passed away now. He passed away a few years ago. But he did a great missionary work down the Amazon in, in Brazil among all those tribes, all those villages up and down. He had a little plane and he flew it up and down that river and he'd land and he'd go in there and t teach those people how to catch fish, how to catch those bass out of that river. Because he loved fishing. He's from Canada originally. And uh, Brother DeMerchant would, te would teach them how to do that and he became friends with them. Then he would begin to talk to them about the Lord. And he eventually, eventually established a church there and then finally a pastor of that church in that village. And that's what he did all up and down there until he had thousands. Uh, they set up with nearly about 100,000 people over many years, a lifetime of, of, of missionary work. But one time toward the end of his life, he was flying that plane and he fell off to sleep flying up that river. And he woke up and he looked next to him, and in the seat, there was a, a pilot sitting there with a uniform on. And he looked on his sleeve, and he had a V, and he said, he's a captain. He said to himself, he's a captain. He's flying the plane. He, he turned away and looked down to see where he was, and he looked back, and he wasn't there. You understand what I'm saying? I'm talking about an angel now. He was gone. And he took this and it flew the plane and everything. And uh, he said, I, I, was I dreaming? I don't know what. Did I fall asleep and wake up? Think I, did I dream, think I saw that and then I didn't? He said, no, I know I saw him. I saw that. I looked at him and saw that V. That V struck me because it was, it meant he was a captain. I mean, he, he knew what he was doing. He was the top of the line. And he looked away to look down to see where he was and look back and the, and the, and the, the guy was gone. So he took the control and he kept and he flew the plane, got back safely and everything. Months later, he was in his apartment, and that angel appeared to him in his room, bedroom, and everything. And he said, "You're the one that was with me in that plane." And you know what the angel said to him? "I've been with you on every flight you ever made up and down this Amazon. I've been with you all along." You just never knew it. And I'm telling you, folks, God's angels are encamped around about us. They're with us. And don't ever forget that. That's why you don't want to get too far away from God. Stay close to God because his angels are there. Praise the Lord. The Bible says it right here. The angel of the Lord encampeth around about them that fear him. Uh, I want you to look at uh, J Jacob for a minute. Go to Genesis 32. Genesis 32, 1. Genesis 32, 1. This is Jacob coming back into Palestine, and he was in big trouble with Esau, his brother. And he didn't know what he was going to face, and he knew his brother was mad at him, and he had his family. He had, now he had, a, he had two wives and the sisters that he was forced to marry with the second one. And he, 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 uh, he, married, he had these two wives, and he had 12 children. He had 12 sons and one daughter. He had 13 children. And then he had a lot of servants and they all had maids and all that kind of stuff. He had an entourage. Verse 32, 
uh, chapter 32 and verse 1. And Jacob went on his way and the angels, look at S, plural, angels of God met him. Now he's coming into Palestine. He knows he's going to be in big trouble with his brother. And when Jacob saw them, he said, this is God's host. And he called the name of that place Mahanam. Now, I just want to say this. Those angels met him and said, everything's okay. We're looking out for you. We're here. And later on, Jacob wrestled with an angel. Praise the Lord. And, and he said, you're no longer Jacob, but you're going to be now Israel, which means prince of God instead of a, what you were. I'm just pointing out to you here, folks, that God's hand is on us. In Matthew 18, 10, Matthew 18, 10, it talks about the children. Look at that. One, these two, two last verses, and I'm going to close. Look at this, this 18, 10 of Matthew. Take heed that ye despise not one of these little ones. He's talking about children here. For I say unto you that in heaven their angels, their angels, do always behold the face of my Father which is in heaven. That's why don't mess with kids. Never. I mean, God's got angels looking out for the children. Thank God. Thank you, Jesus. And I think every mother needs to know that when, she, when, when you let them little six-year-olds for the first time we head off down the street going to a school or get on a school bus for the first time and her heart is beating and she's saying lord i don't know if i can do this or not well just say god thank you for the angels and just pray god keep your angels on the children hallelujah thank you jesus and then finally as a wrap-up is god's promise that his angels are also encamped around about us or they are around us and i'm reading here from acts Chapter 12 and verse 7. And it says, And behold, the angel of the Lord came unto him. This is Peter sleeping in jail with handcuffs on his hands and two soldiers on each side and two other guards at the gate and the gate locked. And all of a sudden the angel of the Lord came unto him and a, a light shineth in the prison and he smote Peter on the side like that. And raised him up saying, Rise up quickly. And his chains fell off of his hands. And Moses and, and, and Peter went, wow. And the angel said unto him, gird thyself and get on thy sandals. So he did. Said unto him, cast thy garment about thee and follow me. And he went out and he looked and those soldiers were sound asleep. <sighs> la la land. He went out and followed the angel and wist not, verse 9 here, and wist not that it was true, which was done by the angel, but thought he was seeing a vision or something. And when they were past the first and the second ward, they went off through all that. They came into the iron gate that would lead them to the city, which opened unto them of its own accord. The gate just opened up. It was locked, all locked in everything. It just opened up. Didn't even have to touch it. And they went out and passed out through one of the street. Forth with the angel departed from him. And all of a sudden, the angel's gone. Peter's out on the street. Now he's going to a prayer meeting where they've been praying that somehow another God would deliver him. And the angels showed up because the angels look after us, folks. Aren't you glad for God's goodness to us? Aren't you glad we have the angels of the Lord upon us? Oh, hallelujah, folks. Living for God is worth it. Being his friend is worth it. Living in that secret place with the Lord is worth it. Hallelujah. Let's stand together and let's just give God the praise together right now, would you? Just stand with me and let's praise God. Jesus, 
We love you so much. We thank you, Lord, so much. You're so good to us. You're so good to your people. Thank you for your people. Thank you for the privilege of being in fellowship with your people, God. Thank you for all these that are here tonight. Thank you for all of our other classes and all the activities going on in them. We praise you, Lord. Go with us at this time. Be with us. Keep your hand upon us throughout this week and bless us this weekend, God, in this great revival and crusade, God, at this high school. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.